Hey everybody, what's up? Uh, jumping in here on a rando Monday to drop the most recent episode of the Over Under Achievers, aka the show I do with Jason Waterfalls. Uh, as you may or may not know, we've got a couple of other shows beyond just the podcast uh, here at the PMG, and one of those is Over Under Achievers. If you're looking, you know, to stay inside the PMG podcast family, uh, every Thursday, Jason and I drop an episode where we talk about whatever news we're interested in through the lens of what is overachieving and underachieving. Uh, we also answer an advice question from our listeners, and then we play a game called Cameo Closest to the Pin uh, to see which of us can best guess a random celebrity's cameo price. If any of that sounds interesting, or if you listen to this episode and you're like, that's kind of cool, then I would advise you to search up Over Under Achievers wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe today. Hello and welcome to the Over Under Achievers. I'm one of your hosts, Knox McCoy. Joining me as always, I've had a hard time remembering the titles of Spider-Man movies. It's Jason Waterfalls. This one I actually did see. This is Dakota okay. Johnson trying right. to remember the names of the Spider-Man movies that Tom Holland was in. Dakota Johnson is on the world's slowest moving press tour for Madam Web. Something we all know is trash. She knows is trash. The narrative has now become... Sydney Sweeney's in it. I think we like her, don't we? She was fun on Hot Ones. That's basically the marketing for this movie. Uh, Dakota Johnson was at... Honestly, of all like the movie stars in her life right now, I can't think of someone less interested in promoting their movies, you know? And it's kind of charming. Like, I don't mind it. It's kind of funny. Um, and especially less was, interested in, in, in hawking Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff than probably Dakota Johnson. And guess what? A reminder for for you and everybody. I'm not a Sydney Sweeney fan, and I think right. that if if she is getting touted as gonna save this movie or gonna save this press tour, I'm taking the opposite, and I'm saying she's to blame for this movie, and maybe 100. percent Okay, I I want to get to the Dakota Johnson guesses because they're hilarious, but yes. I do I need I need to mark this down. You went from like I just don't think she's as hot as people say, and now you're doing full heel turn. You're like, she's the, she's climate change. She caused it. We don't like it. You're like, you're just like, turn the, turn the corner on her. She's full villain mode for you. She's full villain mode. And I think that you need to join me because I'm pretty sure that she's going to ruin Glenn Powell. Whoa. I like how um, you triggered me emotionally um, with something close to home for me. That makes me more amenable to agreeing with you um, and wanting to join your side. Guys listening out there, it is a smart move just to go ahead and get ahead of like, I don't I don't like Sydney Sweeney and I think she's a bad person that removes suspicion from being attracted to her. When you do that, you plant your flag of like she's not someone to worry about for me. I don't even like her. I think she's a problem. And, and that's not what I'm doing. I don't think she's a good actress. I think she was No, I, 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 I think she's pretty wink. good in what No, no. No, you're No, I, I got it. Wink. No, 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 got no. Got no. it. No. no. <laughs> I don't I don't get the Buddy, I'm I'm hearing you, man. Wink. I'm hearing what you're saying. There's no wink. I agree there with you. There is no wink. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com So Knox, you know that I don't need to be convinced to buy myself a Prezi, but all that talking about getting new sun tops for your pair of eyewear glasses got me super excited to go get some for myself. Oh yeah? What, what are you thinking? Well, I'm so glad you asked because I cannot wait for our new merch to arrive so that I can wear the purple reflective sun top with my That'll Make Sense on Wednesday t-shirt. Erin, how great will those two look together? Oh my gosh, so cute. Should I get one so we can match? <gasps> well, I do feel like the lavender tortoise split sun top is more your style, no, right? <gasps> now I want both of them, Jamie. Well, did you know that Pear is super budget-friendly so you could get both? Their base frames start at just $60 and that includes the prescription. I love that they have simple to understand all-in-one pricing. You can even use your FSA, HSA, or easily get an insurance reimbursement to purchase the base frames. And the top frames start at just $25. And the sun top frames start at just $30. So you can easily get two without breaking the bank. They also always offer free shipping and a flexible 30-day return policy. So it's super low risk to give them a try. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair and support the show by mentioning that the podcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's pair, P-A-I-R, eyewear.com, code POP. I, I'm not I'm not doing the bit with you because there is no wink. I don't... No, it's not a bit. It's not a bit. Wink. Now, let me tell you this. I can name the actual movies, Far From Home, Homecoming, and something else with Home. That's as close as I get to getting three for three. Um, Dakota Johnson's guesses were Spider-Man colon, here he comes. Spider-Man colon, Andy's back, and then the Goblet of Spider-Man. I've these are all improvements on the the actual titles. To be honest with you, it's just incredible. Uh, I I continue loving Dakota Johnson. So as a as a as a podcast, we are pro Dakota Johnson. We are con against Sydney Sweeney. Is that official? We locking that in? Yeah, I really like Dakota Johnson in the Shia LaBeouf movie, Peanut Butter mm-hmm. Falcon. Yep. Can I can I just give um. Listeners, maybe a pro tip. It may be you a pro tip. Um, I, speaking of Shia LaBeouf, this weekend, you know, we had a Super Bowl party. So it, the whole weekend involves like getting the house ready to have people at the house, right? Um, and at a certain point, Ashley wasn't enjoying the process of getting the house ready to have people there, right? Okay. So I texted her the video clip. I don't know what movie it's from, but you've probably seen it online where it's Shia LaBeouf. And he's like, hey, hey, you wanted this, right? You wanted the real deal? That's what this is. Wake up. You're in the middle of it. You want to run? Go ahead. No one's stopping you. Stop complaining. I texted that to her as encouragement, right? And she didn't appreciate that. So I would say, it's Coach Knox tip, don't do that if the situation's tense with your partner because they probably won't appreciate it. Listen, the fact that you were having a Super Bowl party and, and, and messaging encouragement, it was the thought that counts. It sounds right. like you, you missed the mark. Good idea, bad execution. And that's exactly. okay. We're all trying to get better. Uh, Jason, what's going on, man? How are we doing? Um, you know, the Super Bowl's over football's over we get a little bit of a respite i already miss it uh on the other hand it was um a long season i really enjoyed the nfl season i know not everyone did including someone else on this podcast Uh but i thought it was really great i gotta tell you though just straight away all the off-field stuff surrounding patrick mahomes take it off take it out of here for a second i think that that might have been the best six years that a quarterback has ever had in the history of the world. I don't know how a serious person can make a case against that, to be honest with you. He really is don't. freaking incredible. 
that overtime uh, uh, drive had the kind of the same kind of um, inevitability I felt when Brady is driving against the Falcons, and it wasn't quite the same comeback, right? But it just felt like it's done, man. There was it's never done. a doubt. How, there was never a doubt because no. of Patrick Mahomes. Now I do I do need to uh, come clean to the listeners. Um, there was a moment, I don't know if it was the second quarter when the chiefs just were not doing much. And I think you, me and Andre were all aligned. We were chiefs money line. There are a variety of different bets, but primarily we were all on the chiefs. And I texted the group was like, I I, I wanted to know is, should I, should I cash out? Is it too early to cash out? Because, and, and you guys, you stood resolute. You, you encouraged me. Um, uh, you kept me in, in, in the bet and, and it paid off. But I do want to say like, I I did have my doubts, you know? Absolutely. But the, the, what he does on the field with so many distractions around him, I, I just think like he's some kind of a savant. Like he is so locked in in a Tom Brady, Peyton Manning type way on the field, but also has like the Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to say Jay Cutler for the arm, just to like the people that really like Aaron Rodgers' arm strength. Yeah, sure. Get mad. So he's got like the Aaron Rodgers on the field stuff he's got the jay cutler arm you know it's I'm just surprised you didn't go kyle bowler uh, arm i know you did love his arm among i love things. i still love his arm it's it just all parts of it i just gotta say never betting against the guy on the field but also honestly kudos to him there was a never a doubt i simultaneously love that i'm living in this time to watch right. it but i'm also like please god can we figure out how to take them down and that's a good thing, though, right? Yeah. I like great I, teams I because you're either it's it's fun to root for them or it's fun to want the giant to fall. You know. Um, okay, let's go ahead and get into the episode. We've got some uh, overachieving and underachieving to talk about. Uh, I want to start with the start sit cut though, and specifically, you know, uh, on the podcast we talked about the Dunkings Ben Affleck commercial. Uh, great, loved it, fantastic. Um, after that, after we recorded or after it was published, uh, the internet leaked a uh, not a Snyder cut, but an Affleck cut of the Dunkings commercial. I think it's like a four or five minute um, cut of what the, the original form of the commercial was. Uh, and I just want to talk through like, let's start sick cut aspects of that commercial. So Jason, like what, what was something that you want to start from that? Duncan is sold out of these freaking jumpsuits. Okay. My start for this commercial, because it was um, every at bat he got, he hit a home run. Yeah was Matt Damon. Oh my gosh. Matt Damon was absolutely perfect in this commercial because I cannot tell and and, and this is going to be my sit because I cannot tell if it's real or not. So I'm going to go back <laughs> to back here. Is Ben Affleck's accent in this commercial really Ben Affleck or is he dunking it up? No, this is really Ben Affleck. That's my theory. 100%. Uh, because he takes away the accent for movies. So do people from you know the UK or whatever. So you know yeah. that always blows my mind. Like when Idris Elba from The Wire, and then I heard him somewhere else, and I was like, I don't know why he's making fun of British people. Oh my gosh! When well, he's like, "Hey, it's Tuesday, <laughs> isn't it, bruv? And I'm like, "What?" It's so incredible. But I can't. I think he's hamming it up just a little bit, right? No, because wrong. This is this true. Is even, this is even more than the town. This is more than Goodwill Hunting, bro. He even says it in the commercial. He says, "This is me now." Right, he says well, like but he's, he's okay. telling us exactly this is his confession. You know? Now, this is him. Mm. Now, maybe he's dunking it up. I'm trying out dunking it up. Are you? Th- this is something they can have for free. Not a okay. sponsor yet. 
this is tough because dunking feels like a dissension, you know, like something's going down, but not, then you're saying up. This is kind right, of when that's we're exactly trying to figure the point. Out, we're trying to solve um, underdog, and we came up with overcat. And then someone gently in the uh, episode post comment said, hey, you guys know there's a thing called top dog? And yeah, I was that, like, that, why are you that bringing was, that to this? <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> top dog. Thank you. That was uh, the one. Never even thought about it. Um, I To, to your Matt Damon point, um, he, he is so sparingly used and it is a grand slam every single time he speaks. Uh, it, it reminds me of, of uh, the Joker in the Dark Knight. Hannibal Lecter in Science of the Lambs. Not there for a long time, but there for a very good time. Uh, and I was really happy with his inclusion. While um, at the same time, J-Lo and Tom both did a tremendous job. Now, you've seen the Snyder Cut, the five-minute cut, which is right. absolutely incredible. Jack Harlow. I felt like that was Jack Harlow's best acting. I agree with you. I agree and, completely. And to the fact that I'm not sure he was acting. Because I think that he was maybe not told that Ben is doing this as a bit or everyone on set was like, I don't think Ben is doing this as a bit. So here we are in a situation where Jack Harlow's like actually trying to talk him out of it. Like, Hey Bro, man, I, this is JLo. We're talking about. You can't just walk into her recording studio. That's not, that's not a thing we do. We know that in the biz. Look, I, the inclusion of Jack Harlow as an, uh, uh, incomprehensible, kind of psychic to Ben Affleck is just chef's kiss makes no sense. But Jack Harlow, when Affleck is telling him his plan and Harlow doesn't say anything, it cuts to Harlow and he just does the side nod. Like, eh. like <laughs> that's, I've seen that from you to me so many times. And I just think it's, it's an underrated body language move. Great job, Jack Harlow. Haven't always been the biggest fan. Love what you did there. Um, I think, you know, I, I, there's a lot of lines I want to discuss in the start, but I want to, uh, to, to what you just said about uh, JLo's music. I think the only thing I would sit from this is the um, implied subtext that JLo's music is a very serious and sacred thing and that we are not to disturb the making of the JLo sausage music because I don't think history has ever proven that as true. You know, what are you saying? You're saying that you don't respect JLo, the musical artist? No, no, no. I'm saying we, we are, um, uh, we're uh, treating this like first century Holy of Holies and you'd have to tie a rope around their leg in case God struck them down and they had sin in their heart um, because that's how serious this was. I feel like that's kind of what we're accepting in this commercial as like Ben Affleck is in the inner sanctum of JLo's music career, which I, I don't know if Dakota Johnson could name three songs besides Jenny from the block of JLo's music career. Does that make Dang sense? It, that was going to be one of my three. If I, <laughs> I felt like there was about to be an attack and I was ripping through the back catalog because music is exactly. not my best trivia category sure. i think that what is actually going on is that this is tongue-in-cheek with j-lo playing along that maybe mm. she's a diva when she's in I the i disagree booth. i don't think she was aware of that um uh, uh satirical take i think she's like yes I, this is very serious stuff you know i that's exactly my point. Mm. I think they're working around it. Yes, correct. Okay. I got you. They're I got working you. with it, not even around it. They are using it to their <laughs> advantage, right? Now, Tom, have you uh -huh. seen the other other cut where it's Tom and Matt and Ben throwing a football through a tire that's are you, covered are you by right a, now? Of course I have. Come on, man. Okay. It was like like softcore pornography, man. His throwing motion is still great. I got the swish, the like <laughs> No, I don't want to hurt your hands. Yeah, I don't either. Hey, oh. I know it was the suit, but like, I, I got to feel like the arm action was there too, man. Oh my gosh. Are we going to get Duncan suits for the live show? 
this uh, summer. They're sold out. I mean, they got to get them back, right? If we can get our hands on those, I will. I'll wear it daily. Like th- yeah. that's not even a question. On the plane, off the plane, during the live show, after live show, back on the plane to go home. I'm all in. I'm all in on those suits. Can I hit you with some some lines that like really made me laugh uh, when I heard them? Uh, when when Ben Aff- I didn't like the the narrator kind of Ben staring at the TV. Didn't need it as much. I like that it grounded it uh, grounded us. Gave it gave it a sense of place. But when he's talking to people in the cut scenes, like the B-roll, that's what I really liked. When he said, uh, he's on the phone, he goes, I even had like a persona like J-Lo or like B-Lo. That's the bad version, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh when he tells the music producers, this is rough, but it's also finished. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that. That was the best one for me. When he's talking to Azaray, he says, I'm a um, kind of influencer myself of sorts. What do you do? Uh, I do some acting and writing and directing of movies, which are a long form entertainment that were popular in the 20th century. <laughs> I love, love that. Uh, and then who is TikTok? Um, it's just good stuff. Who yeah, is TikTok? Really good stuff. Yeah. Is that cool? I mean, yeah. Who I is TikTok? One. I think that, I think my favorite moment of all was when he's leaving at the very end and he bumps his head on the Dunking's banner. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And if it's that's hard, a choice, man. he should be commended. Like this whole thing, he should be commended. But I, I feel like as a society, we don't know where we're at with Ben Affleck. We don't. Is, we is don't. he good? Is he bad? Is he a good husband? Is he a bad husband? Is he a good boyfriend? Is he a bad boyfriend? I mean, a lot of evidence out there answers bad on all of those things. But then if he's doing stuff like this, it's just incredible. It's 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 really incredible self-awareness. I've always I've I've listened to him in a couple of interviews, and I feel like he's incredibly self-aware. And he's also very picky with who he, um, I don't know, shows his like authentic self and like um, speaks authentically with. Um, but when he does, I've always found it very fascinating, you know, um, just in like uh, uh, really genuine uh, interviews. Uh, the only cuts I had, I don't know if I needed Addison Ray. I don't know if I needed Fat Joe. And I felt like we could have filled out the Dunkings with some better people and not felt like we had to give them lines. Um, so I had, tell me if you have any issues with this. Uh, I have Bill Burr. I feel like Bill Burr could have been one of the background dudes. Um, David Ortiz could have been back there. It's right there. I think David Ortiz is who should have leaned in instead of Fat Joe. Fat Joe is my cut because sure. he was he was misused. I yeah. think he's a great personality. I, I I want more Fat Joe in my life in general. Sure. If you ever watch Sunday Conversation, his is absolutely hilarious. But Fat Joe with just the lean in, it felt like it was shot on a green screen and then they just added it at some point. I agree. I agree with you. I think yeah. that was, a, but I'm saying that's not on Fat Joe. That's a misuse no. of Fat Joe. Again, good idea, bad execution, and right. that's okay. You know, um, I, Julian Edelman wouldn't have picked up that phone. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have showed up. But he'd have been available. too. He'd have been too thirsty and creating mm. distractions the entire time. I get that. Okay, I get that. The last one I had was Kevin Costner from 13 Days when he did the Boston accent during the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, uh, as a Kennedy advisor. It's just uh, Kevin Costner needs a image rehab. And I feel like this would have been a good opportunity for him. I mean, I'm sure it would have been. I don't think based on everything going on in Kevin Costner's life that he's going to agree to be in a satirical Duncan commercial featuring Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, J-Lo, and Tom Brady. Think about what you just said. And then if you see him. That's exactly why it works. Yeah. It's a game changer. I I see it now. I see it. It's right there. Um, So that, I didn't have anything else on on the Affleck cut of probably, honestly, the greatest short movie I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know that it'll ever be surpassed. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So Knox, you know that I don't need to be convinced to buy myself a Prezi, but all that talking about getting new sun tops for your pair of eyewear glasses got me super excited to go get some for myself. Oh, yeah? What what are you thinking? Well, I'm so glad you asked because I cannot wait for our new merch to arrive so that I can wear the purple reflective sun top with my That'll Make Sense on Wednesday t-shirt. Erin, how great will those two look together? Oh, my gosh. So cute. Should I get one so we can match? (gasps) Well, I do feel like the lavender tortoise split sun top is more your style. No, right? (gasps) Now I want both of them, Jamie. Well, did you know that Pear is super budget-friendly so you could get both? Their base frames start at just $60, and that includes the prescription. I love that they have simple to understand all-in-one pricing. You can even use your FSA, HSA, or easily get an insurance reimbursement to purchase the base frames. And the top frames start at just $25. And the sun top frames start at just $30. So you can easily get two without breaking the bank. They also always offer free shipping and a flexible 30-day return policy. So it's super low risk to give them a try. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair and support the show by mentioning that the podcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's pair, P-A-I-R, eyewear.com, code POP. Have you ever heard a song on the radio and felt like it was written about you? That's why I'm so excited to share about our new sponsor, Songfinch. Songfinch lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, personal, and lasts forever. Whether your song is for Mother's Day, Father's Day, an upcoming graduation or wedding, or just to show a loved one how much you care, start your song now to lock in a top Songfinch artist. I'm on their website right now, and I'm about to create my very first song. They've made it so easy. When you go to songfinch.com slash podcast, all you have to do is click the big orange button that says start your song. In order to make the songs entirely original and personalized, they ask questions like, who are you creating this song for? And what's your inspiration? You get to pick the artist who creates the song for you, or you can have Songfinch help you by selecting between genres, vocal styles, vibe, and tempo. You can get as detailed and personal as you like, but the process couldn't be easier for a songwriting novice like myself. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free, so you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anytime, anywhere. Go to songfinch.com slash popcast and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, a $50 value. Again, our URL is songfinch.com slash popcast. Don't forget to share your song with us too, songfinch.com slash popcast. This episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Aura Frames. It's Knox here with your annual reminder that Mother's Day is just around the corner this year. Let's think outside the box a little bit, guys. Forget sweaters, candles, or the dreaded bathrobe. They're also predictable and boring. That's why this year I'm recommending you get an Aura Frame. It's the perfect gift to mix things up and give a gift that shows some real thoughtfulness and is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. We actually have one of these in our house right now, and we absolutely love it. It only takes about two minutes to set up, and it was super easy. Between all the kids, I was a little worried we'd run out of room, but it has free unlimited storage for photos and videos, and you can invite as many people as you want to contribute to the frame. Now that the kids are a little older, we've added them as contributors to the frame, and it's been really fun to see a few of their photos pop up from events they attend without us. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. 
Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting ourframes.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code podcast at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. I think that this just says we need additional cuts. Like, for me, Arnold doing that state form, neighbor. And that was a really good impression, actually. I might It was. That That was really good. Doing that over and over again, I really liked that. I think that that paid off from the buildup that it had. But I got to tell you, I just need more Danny DeVito in my life. I need Danny DeVito in every situation. They, there was going to be a Twins sequel. Sequel, I think it was going to be called Triplets. And then something happened and something else happened. I don't remember what the story is. I, I still want it. I still want it. I want Danny. I want Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, and Pete Davidson in Triplets. Who says no? I think Arnold... Arnold says no. <laughs> Arnold's is saying yes to everything these days. And when he was on the Manning cast with a donkey, I think about that at least once a week. The fact that a, a donkey just put his giant head in the screen and Peyton and Eli were like, are we going to address this? And then Arnold like had carrots and like food for the donkey just sitting there. Arnold's not saying no to anything. I, I'll tell you no. that right now. Especially with Chris he, Pratt and the family. He, he's making sure that Arnold gets his shine as well. Do you think uh, are these guys just too like uh, too alpha male to be like Arnold and The Rock in a movie and we're teaming up? Listen, I I'm going to watch that movie probably 7 days a week. I I just there there's a there's an opportunity. You could do a serious like um some kind of assassin mentor mentee relationship or it could just be a buddy buddy comedy kind of a fight movie. I I would love that. It would be good. They could do a good job. I don't know if they would allow themselves to be with the other though. You know, too much competition. I think I, I think they should put their egos aside, just like Kevin Costner should have, and they should have. Done, I agree with you, hundred percent. Okay, let's go. Uh, uh, I want to talk about this Chip Kelly to Ohio State uh, story. So I want to I want to see who do you think is overachieving or underachieving with this. Uh, obviously, Chip Kelly was head coach of uh, UCLA Bruins like left- two weeks ago. He didn't get fired. <laughs> That's right. He left of his own accord um, a head coaching job to go to Ohio State, not in a lateral move, but in a demotion to be the offensive coordinator for the Ohio State Buckeyes and Ryan Day. I did see there was a connective tissue. I think Chip Kelly's first offensive coordinator job, Ryan Day, was the quarterback in yes. New Hampshire or something like that. So they know each other. They have a relationship. Um, I, I think my big question is, do you think this is a weird exception or because of the way college football is changing and things are getting galvanized between the Big uh, Ten and the SEC, is this soon to be the rule? I think this is more about the portal. And I think this is more about NIL than it is about the Big Ten. But I got to tell you, I love ripple effects. I love dominoes. I love traffic patterns. When the head coach of Boston College left Boston College head coaching position to go be a defensive coordinator with the Packers, Mm -hmm. then Bill O'Brien left three weeks later from Ohio State's offensive coordinator position to go be a head coach. And then that made a Big Ten team, UCLA, still weird, head coach, leave the Big Ten school as a head coach and go and be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. That is a wild set of events of two head coaches leaving to be coordinators. Now, let me also point out what that says is Bill O'Brien is in alpha. I've always said he's a good coach. He is a sure. good coach. And he went and did and went and became a head coach when others were leaving the position. So kudos to Bill O'Brien. This is the wildest thing I've ever heard. I cannot even fathom a world where Chip Kelly, who is a big name in college football, 
leaves UCLA, a fully funded program, right? There are people that, I mean, Nick Saban retired. Like there are people that are cut out for being a head coach in this new world. And and that's why we make fun of Dabo because we don't think that he's made out. He's, he's made for this new world. But if Chip Kelly is also not made for this new world, then it's actually probably wilder on the inside than we, than we even know. I thought that was very well put. I think Thank you. there's so much to uh, unpack there. And I think I, I like to use this reference a lot um, only because I feel like it's a very appropriate apt reference, especially for what we're talking about now. And it's the movie No Country for Old Men, where you don't want to be Tommy Lee Jones in that movie because he's literally like, I can't live in this world anymore. It's insane now. And um, I think what you're seeing with like Nick Saban, um, maybe to an extent Jim Harwa is like, I am not built to survive and function in this world anymore. Some of these younger bucks are, but that's not me. Chip Kelly, the interesting part with Chip Kelly is there was a really um, vivid conversation that he was going to get fired. Um, So I wonder how much of this was, uh, it's probably not going to go well for me anyway, so I might as well jump. I think what I'm fascinated by though is Bill O'Brien going from offense coordinator at Ohio State um, pretty well positioned there. There's been, you know, a, a, a bit of a, um, pathway established of go be a high level coordinator at a high level program. Yes. And then you can pick your job or you can go to the NFL because you have those roots for him to say, actually, I would like to leave one of the two most financially lucrative and uh, visible program, uh, uh, conferences and programs within that and go to the ACC with one of the chronically, um, uh, overmatched programs in that BC and see if I can figure it out. It, it, whereas Nick Saban is like, I'm Tommy Lee Jones. I can't live in this world. So I just need to retire. It feels like Bill O'Brien is in no country for all men. He's like, I'm going to see if I can kill Anton Chigurh with the water gun and live to tell about it. And I don't think he will. I think this is an insane thing that he's done. So who's somebody in the movie that just like kind of steps aside, doesn't get Antoine, uh, What's his name? Anton Shagur. Anton Shagur. Bull, bull haircut guy. Yeah. 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 They, they don't get Nobody. cattle prodded. Everybody Nobody. gets cattle prodded? Woody Harrelson. I'm sorry for spoiling this, but yeah. Spoiler alert. Everyone gets cattle prodded, essentially, if they cross his path. Woody Harrelson, charming hitman, cattle prodded. Cattle prodded. Everybody gets cattle prodded because Anton Shagur is like the the uh, uh, the bleak future. I, I, don't, I just don't know what Bill O'Brien thinks is going to happen here. I feel like he's living... In like 2009, and it no, is not 2009. No, you're. I I think you're on the wrong side of this. So first of all, do you know that his wife is a BC grad? So there's connections there. He coached in Boston for a long a uh, long time. I mean, you know, outside of Boston, whatever. Sure. He, for the Patriots, I I think this is a. You know what? Instead of being in the spotlight at Ohio State and just getting reamed, this is this is the same as Kyle McCord leaving Ohio State to go to Syracuse. Th- this is just like I'm going to go over here. I'm pretty good at what I do. You know, I'm not a big fan of Kyle McCord, but he's not. Yeah, he terrible. left because they were like, there's no place for you here. Get, get on, get. Well, yeah, he also, yeah. le- he also <laughs> left to go to the team that has the easiest schedule of any of the Power Five imaginable in Syrac- Syracuse. That schedule next sure. season is insane. But I think this is Bill O'Brien being like, I'm going to jump out of the spotlight for a minute. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to try my best. I'm not a top tier college head coach. I don't want to be with Ryan Day at Ohio State. I found that out within weeks of being here and I'm going to go over here and his wife is a BC grad. He coached up in Boston for years and years and years. And then again, so I, I think that that's actually the play. It's not if you're like talking to, if you're saying like, this person. is like a, 
like a slow, like a gradual retirement. Yes. And he just wants to be home. I'm into that. I don't think that's what this is, but I, I, I think I, I don't. There's think no he pressure realizes. in BC. That's true. That's true. But I just, the, the, the college game is a different world. And like, so he's going to be texting. He's going to be slacking voice DMing. He's going to be like Marco Poloing with recruits. And he's going to be like dealing with the transfer portal and the NIL. He's going to deal with like, I develop a guy and he leaves and goes to Ohio state. If he'd said, I Ryan day mandated that I have to grow a beard and dye it black like his, then that's why I'm leaving. I'd be like, that totally makes sense. I get okay. it. But okay. Didn't. Now see, here's what you've done. You've set an unfair expectation for me and the listener to say that, if Chip Kelly doesn't grow a beard and dye it jet black, then Ryan Day is going to continue to lose to Michigan. That's the rule here. I, I mean, I'll, I'll die on that hill. I really will. I, but can I just tell you, if Chip Kelly did show up in the first game of the season and had a jet black full beard, I would. That might be better than the Dunkings commercial. I would. Like I would denounce every head coach, Mike Shanahan included, that I've always loved over the years. I, I would denounce all of them and say Chip Kelly is the greatest coach of all time. Now that we're talking about Chip Kelly this much, I want to have a conversation not in front of Andre, and I want us to be honest about this. Is oh Chip Kelly a more elite visor wearer than Kirby Smart? He was. I, I think be, this is tough. This is tough. It's tough, used, isn't it? This is I used really to be a visor difficult. guy, then I lost a lot of my hair, allegedly. Who's to say? Uh, Look, I'm of the opinion, visor guy without hair, that's the coolest version of visor guy. No, because of the, the, the suntan. That's the no, problem. It's fine. That's cool. That's a cool risk that you're doing. You're living life la vida loca, man. No, that it looks like you're wearing a white headband all the time. Yeah, but that's cool, man. White headbands are cool. Full stop. I just are you gonna look at Alex Caruso and be like, when you wear a headband, it's not cool, actually, dog. He's inside. Cool. They're not they don't have sun lamps in there. It's not a tanning bed when he plays okay. basketball. You're trying to have a war on two different fronts here with me about sun exposure and about headband usage. I can only fight one at a time, okay? Headbands on white guys with no hair are cool, objectively. Yes or no? <laughs> I mean, actual ones, when, yeah. when they take it off and there's not also a white headband under it, yeah. But you agree, you agree, white guys who are bald, who wear headbands are cool. Not when they take a visor off and it looks like they're wearing a headband. I love tan lines, man. I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> it's good stuff. I remember you came back from uh, some tournament and you had the sunglasses tan line. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's a better look when you have like, the, the the you know not tan around the eyes and then you have that kind of like shadow look of what what yeah. the what people is do with raccoon? makeup is it the raccoon look i mean i was being yeah, nice i was shadow I appreciate eyes you saying i remember when that happened when that happens every single week and during <laughs> spring sports with soccer and lacrosse and everything i just but that like, looks cool of just a band across my forehead because i chose to wear a visor instead of a hat not so cool but again remember i've got one of those giant like safari hats yeah. that I'm wearing. So, you know, we're we're even past just ball cap in the sun. Um I I read something uh Kevin Clark used to be at the Ringer. I think I don't know where he's at now. New York Omaha Times. Productions. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's right. Hello. Thank you. Omaha Productions. I saw him. He posted something. He said my favorite moment from Super Bowl week was walking behind two gentlemen uh for several blocks on the way somewhere and listening to them talk copious amounts of trash about the Eagles organization and all the employees. And then when we got to red light, I realized it was Chip Kelly the whole time. And oh it was while gosh. he was working in Philadelphia. So I don't know that he's got the best rep um, necessarily, but um, I'm excited to see. This is like a this is like a country club version of Jimbo, Bobby Petrino at Texas A&M. 
yeah with uh ryan day and chip kelly at ohio state because if it doesn't work and also you just named four names the only person not going to a country club is chip kelly the other three sure have memberships at multiple country clubs this is this is a very fair point. I think the Ryan Day Chip Kelly feels like they eat Sunday lunch at the country club. Right. Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher eat barbecue at a gas station for Sunday lunch, right? I feel like that's the that's the distinction I should have made. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Um, okay, let's go. Uh, last up, I want to go uh, Traders Season 2 check-in. So we're, we're going to be real gentle. We're not going to spoil anything. If you're not caught up, it's okay. It's going to be safe. Um, uh, but I want to get your sense of like, uh, so far, especially in regards to Season 1, which you just watched, so you have really good context on it. Do you feel like this Season 2 is overachieving or underachieving? I am going to say the Season 2 is overachieving because it's keeping my interest. I don't know that it was the spike in serotonin that season one was but Mm. that was that was a high bar that was something unique at a time in in uh reality competitions that you know somebody needed to take a swing they did alan cummings incredible the the plot the 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 uh mechanism of getting rid of you know um, on most episodes two people every episode right is is you know the new tiktok who's tiktok you know is the new world of of that um so season two had a high bar to jump i am on the fence about the idea that they don't have any normals they don't have any citizens if you will on season two and that was obviously a distinct choice to get more personalities in there uh i found out that larsa and marcus pippen broke up when i was listening to the podcast i did see that as well it's like wow man so I think that this is a situation where they are overachieving because season one was a lot to live up to, mainly because of Christian being an absolute psychopath. Sure. And they had to figure that out. And in season two, they've done a lot of things that they just double down on certain things. And I've really appreciated that. Let's talk about a couple of your people. Parvati. Is she just a crazy person? on okay. let, survivor let me, before we do that okay. let me let me respond okay. to what you said because i think i think a lot of ways you're right of like it's not fair to compare them because they're very different shows now um one has reality tv professionals essentially um and and some respect like game professionals whereas season one 
had that mixed in with normals, which I thought was kind of the perfect stew. I think where we're, what we're, what at least I'm seeing this season or feeling is it, it almost, I feel like it's making it really difficult for the traders to do what they do because everyone is so calculated and skeptical and um, consider can considerational of like uh, tactics and, and behavior. Whereas when you mix some normals in, they're just happy to be there and happy to be in a group and they're not thinking so strategically. So I feel like, well, they're supposed the to be happy to be there, but then there was Christian in season one who was not only happy to be there, completely overplayed every part of the game where other people yes. were, where other citizens, civilians were just happy to be there. Cause I think the move is to have the reality professionals always be the traders and then mix in the normals with other reality professionals. And, and that's how you go. But to your poverty question, um, I, I feel like I, I feel like it's a symptom of the faithful are really good and familiar with this game format. So it's making it really difficult for the traders to do what they do, you know? But she's so obvious about so much. And her inability to control her face is the exact same thing that Christian had going on in season one. When Parvati was on Survivor, was she a hero or a villain? You know, assuming there's not a middle. A little bit of both. I think... Uh. Um, it's and, she's got and such part of villain it, vibes. I don't. I just don't. I don't yeah, understand it. It's. I think a lot of it is. You are. You're not subject to the whim, and survivor. You're not subject to the whims of like someone guessing the reality of your situation. You're just playing the group, and she is elite at playing the group. But in terms of um, uh, making people not think a certain thing about her, that's really difficult. And once. Um, once you're in the mix on that, you're done. You're never yeah. not in the mix or, or being suspected, which I thought in season one, uh, what Sari did such a great job at. And I think what Phaedra is doing a really good job at right now. Phaedra's um, the queen. I'll tell you that right now. And her oh and CT gosh. need a buddy cop movie immediately. The, the big question I have was what game is CT playing? What does he think is going on? Because he is not... And I know maybe it's the edit. I don't think it is. He's not it's really not. engaging. He's not being strategic. He's um, ruining his relationship with Trishel. Uh, Tr- uh, There's not a real relationship I, there. That's okay. Every, everything's fine. And maybe that's what it is. I, I won't like, get into the Trishel of it all, but there is vast history with me and Trishel, with CT and Trishel. Uh, it's I'm not even going to get into it, but there's a lot there. And that was some that was some desperate stuff in the last episode. Let's just say that. <laughs> I, for both of them, if if I have to rely on CT for anything, I don't feel great, and I'm avoiding Trishel at all costs. Now hold on, kind of CT in the competitions is all out. You can rely. Oh, no, on no, him. I'm talking about like if I'm like CT, um, I need you to make sure you meet the plumber here. Let him in. Oh, He's going to no. do his thing. I just need you to make sure you let him in and greet him so he can do his work. I don't know that that's going to happen. CT right? is. Let's just say this. CT is post plumber. You know what I mean? CT yeah. is creating content in. Like he's creating mini episodes within the episodes, and that's what that's what he's been hired for, and that's what he's absolutely delivering on. So it's credit CT to CT is made to exist within this world, right? Correct. He's he's like because, Brooks and Shawshank. He's not meant to go outside, and when right. he does, he's like, I don't, I don't know how to be a person. I know how to backpack Johnny Bananas. I know how to stir up drama with some of my friends uh, after drinking too much on camera. I don't know. But, do but now he doesn't drink too much on camera. So we have to understand that CT is, if he's not trying to punch someone's head off, which he is capable of, he yes. is there in the margins to make us all happy. I, I really think this season, 
I mean, this is like a episode one spoiler. It's suffering from the Johnny bananas, uh, size hole in the middle of it. You know, if Adrian hasn't addressed that, like every other episode, like, I think it'd be better if bananas was here. And that, I don't know if that's just like, I think that's her flirting with CT to like make him a little bit jealous at times, but like CT's addressed it. Like they've, they've had to address multiple times. And I don't think that it was, I choose not to think that it was producer like brought out of them, but they're just like, man, this game's fun. This game's really fun. What if bananas was here? That'd be even more fun. It's one of the big regrets of my life at this point. Honestly, I, I, I think the only notes I have, you mentioned Parvati uh, and her fa- like being able to control her face. I don't know that Phaedra's good at that either. She seems really awkward when like, uh, not even. I know, but she's doing it to her. her benefit. Like, oh my gosh, that's offensive. And she's actually offended, even though it was the right thing for Dan or, or Parvati or whoever to say at the time. Right. It, it And I just Parv- mean breakfast room. When people walk in the door, she's not very nat. She's blinking a lot. And that is a telltale. <laughs> she sign has 12 pound eyelashes on. Her body, her body, her choice, but that's gotta Fair be point. a workout. You know, I'll tell you who else is not good at controlling their face. Your boy, Bergie that sleeps with a teddy okay. bear every night. Our favorite part of traders, non-spoiler, our favorite part of trailers is right when they are deciding who the, the when the traders are deciding who they're going to murder. And they now have these like completely produced shots of all of these people in their bedroom. It absolutely kills us because it is somebody that showed up from season one going to drink is somebody going to roll their eyes from the, the one lady that they got kicked out? And is Bergie <laughs> going to have his teddy bear? Is like the three things we're looking for every single time. It's it's playing the hits. I, the, the the last thing I want to ask you was, and this is related to Bergie. Why am I annoyed by Bergie? And why are you also rooting for the traitors? I find myself rooting for the traitors. Is that normal? Last season, because of Christian, I don't know that I was rooting for the traitors, but I really loved Sari. This year, I absolutely am rooting for Phaedra, but not Parvati, and then not Dan, right? So, yeah. Bergie, you're an, I think, from a competitive standpoint, we are annoyed by Bergie because everyone knows that he's not a traitor. So, that's a locked in absolute faithful. Mm-hmm. And so, there's not really any gameplay there other than, I mean, they just have to get rid of him at some point because it's so obvious because he told like a non, a 0% lie. And what I mean by that is like he just told the truth and his face went dead red in like the first or second episode. So, like, immediately everybody was like, okay, so you're faithful. You're, you have zero ability to lie. And we all know that now. And it just seems like a That's nice bad guy. casting, man. That's bad casting. That's great casting. He is the teddy bear of the season. It's a metaphor no, within a metaphor. duplicity everywhere. You need to be able to see that this could po- possibly be um, a, a duplicitous person. I, I just, I, I think I don't like the, he's very got like, like a sidekick, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, vibe to but him, that, that's, that annoying. is a character on a show and this is a show. So that's wonderful. I do understand what you're saying, but then think about like that. Yeah. Yeah. At one point someone said like, and you're being mean to us. And Bergie goes, and you're being mean to us. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah, is not the star really of Sandlot. Yeah, yeah, the Sandlot. Yeah. But you need yeah, yeah, in the Sandlot to make that movie pop. I I feel bad because um, we'll wrap it up. But I just want to, I don't want to leave this conversation without saying um, PD four times, two times, three times, whatever we d- uh, decided on. I'm impressed with this gameplay. He is I surprised was, me. I was very not impressed, and now I am. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you, hundred um, percent. And yeah, just good job. I don't, I don't want to give away more, but um, well done, well played. Well, maybe we'll talk more in depth after the season wraps, so we can um, talk about specifics. But um, we'll leave it there. Yeah, here we go. 
Uh, okay, Jason, we asked the dabs, our dearly and beloved supporters of the podcast newsletter, to send us their life advice questions. We call it uh, ADHD, Ask a Dude Husband Dad. Uh, and we asked for those questions for uh, the episode we do behind the paywall. So we got a, a bunch of really great questions. We got stuff about F1 that we're going to talk about here in a second. We got stuff about barbecuing, yard maintenance, uh, who actually can stop Patrick Mahomes, uh, and many more. Uh, and to listen to those answers uh, and us discuss those questions, just go to noxico.com, support us at the monthly or yearly level. Here's a sample of the kinds of questions and answers that you'll get in an ADHD episode. This comes from uh, this from Andrea or Andrea. I think you you noted her and said your name should be Ampersandria, uh, and then she did change her uh, username on the newsletter community to Ampersandria. So I feel like good job by you, good job by her. Uh, but she says. What is a way I can get into F1 without making a big commitment? I'll be seeing my F1 obsessed brother-in-law soon and would love to be able to hold a decent conversation on this topic. Important note, my enthusiasm for this sport is even less than Knox's. Here's my advice. Then don't, okay? If you have even less interest in what is just absolutely taking over the globe that is F1 and the content that surrounds it, we have principles getting investigated right now. We have Helmet Marco spouting out at the mouth. We have a lot of stuff going on right now. We have the greatest driver of all time, second greatest behind Schumacher, uh, Lewis Hamilton switching teams next year. And you know what? I'm not even going to tell you what team he's on and what team he's going to because this is offensive. There's so many easy ways to do it, but I'm not going to tell you any of the easy ways to do it because this is an offensive question. Why are you true? Why are you spending your time doing something that you have no interest in? No, I think this is, I, I love this question. I love that she's like, I'm going to have to see my brother-in-law. Um, maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. I love that she's trying to find some common ground and I love she's trying to get into his world. Um, I think that's interesting. I think that's a good way to like seize the conversational reins, you know? Um, but I, I think to your point, Jason, I would, I would say go one of two ways. I would maybe just go like uh, Google search, like top 10 hottest F1 drivers. Well, Charles Leclerc, number number one. So start just two through 10 Perfect. of hottest F1 drivers. Because you, you've already got that one because Jason knows that one. But like, get familiar with names and who they drive with. Flashcard it maybe if you have to. And you can just start there. And then maybe you can try to get your brother-in-law into a who's hotter conversation. And that's kind of a fun wrinkle for the dynamic probably. Or this is more of a, this is more of a, uh, a choice. This is more of a risk. Start trying to have F1 conversations with your brother-in-law, but um, use people from the Fast and the Furious franchise. You don't need to say, I think all the F1 drivers are from the Fast and Furious movies, but you need to subtly begin to reveal that you do think Vin Diesel's character is an F1 driver. And you do, you did think Paul Walker was, and it was a tragedy that he, uh, you know, that he passed away. Uh, ludicrous. Like you need to assert that because I think he'll really enjoy getting to correct you on that. Um, but also you can kind of take a little victory in how long you can string him along, uh, not realizing that you think Tyrese Gibson is uh, on the F1 circuit. And I think that would be fun. You can't end a question with important note. My enthusiasm for the question above is even less than Knox's. She says my enthusiasm. Why? That's perfect context. That lets me know this, she's just trying no. to carry conversation. She's not trying no. to get into it. I'm sticking up for the brother-in-law. If you don't want to talk F1, don't fake learn F1 and then come try to talk to me about it. Because the brother-in-law doesn't need sticking you up. You know for why it. I'm? He's just. You know why I'm scorned? Because I have someone in my life that is fake leading me on that they were going to one day get into F1 and then teases me with little questions. Like this is too personal for me, and this is not fair. This is assault. Look, maybe I will someday. Maybe someday you'll watch See? season one of Outlander by yourself. You know, I don't know. We we all want <laughs> things, don't we? One is going to make one of us very happy, and the other one is going to drive. 
one of us insane. Okay, and that's this an unfair not, assessment to make. This is about an unfair bet. No, that's you. You will love most of season one of Outlander. You won't like the last episode. That's a promise. <laughs> that's a Coach Knox promise. You won't like that. Yeah, here we go. Um, okay, let's go. Came close as a pin. Uh, we're starting a new season. Uh, Jason, you triumphantly won uh, the previous season. Again, congratulations on that. Um, In overtime, just like the Super Bowl. How crazy was that? Oh, that's crazy. I didn't even realize that. Uh, we talked about Traders, uh, Trader Season 2 uh, in this uh, episode. Um, so I feel like it's only fair for Cameo. I want to, um, you know, you mentioned there are not a ton of normals. Uh, there's really not any normals on the season of Traders. I guess the closest you'll get is John, the former politician. Oh, my um, gosh. So uh, I thought it'd be good to guess him for the cameo score. John my, from Trader Season 2. My son now does a John running impersonation around the house quite a bit. And it's it's pretty epic. It's one of the best impersonations I've ever. It's spot on. It reminds F- me facial of... Facial structure, everything. It's like um, Elder um, Gorilla in Planet of the Apes <laughs> is trying to get to safety, but he can't move too fast. And a younger one has to help him. You know, just a lot of ambling, right? <laughs> that's incredible um okay i have my score i will tell you i had to cross out i started uh, i started here, with here we go i'm not gonna say it this i'm not gonna say it this season, i'll tell you what i started with okay i'm gonna say here we I go start, i started with 99 uh-huh. and then i crossed out and i went 101 so how right, did that well, affect I'm, your i'm 150 well, it, it, talk me through that. Is it just I'm on Trader Season Two? This is probably as good I as don't it's get. think John understands cameo. I don't think John understands the traders. I don't think John understands anything. And he was just like, I was a politician, so that's got to be above. That's got to be triple digits. And then put on there that I'm. I was just on this awesome show. There's another fifty bucks. See, I, I was hovering around seventy five to hundred, and then I thought, which is the ah, which is the true value. That's why I just I had a hard time really landing on something for those it's reasons be, of like I, I'm a politician, but I'm also on TV. Uh, and I'm scoring. Uh, I don't remember what last week was, but it was like 250. Just got gassed back up to back because yeah. of Super Bowl stuff. So, um, okay, the, this is gonna be like twelve dollars because all my points, but the opposite direction. Um, John Burkow, he has 694 reviews, five stars. Oh, wow. um, you can have him for 110. dollars Oh, you win. Okay, and I I do want to say. It average video length is six minutes twenty two seconds. Yep, that's so that's the value. Doing mini vlogs. With, it's yeah. the value you get with John. That's for sure. Cam was like, John, our our servers can't handle your videos. Okay, people are unable to download them to their devices because it's eighteen gigabytes. Okay, John, they can't we need text you, it to each other. They have to get a Dropbox link. It's it a whole thing, John. Like we don't, we don't want to do that. Um, okay. That is going to do it for this episode of the Over Underachievers. Before we go, we'd like to encourage you to spread the word about the show by tweeting, Instagramming, or just talking about it out loud in front of other people you know. As always, I'm Knox. He's Jason. We'll see you next time. Uh, Flat on the track. Don't, don't, don't go away.